everybody, it's Sabra and Courtney here with another episode of Impractical Theorists. Uh, since Halloween is coming close in the next couple of weeks, we decided to do an extra spooky episode. Spooky, spooky. Where we talk about everything from aliens and UFO sightings to ghosts and cryptids, and we'll see what else we kind of come up with. So, um, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, I know that we had talked a little bit earlier about like ghost experiences and some things that we've seen, you know, the unexplainable that have occurred in our lifetimes, um, that could, you know, be considered, uh, you know, maybe a ghost experience. Um, so I guess we should just, that thing would be a good place to start. Yeah. Um, I can't really say that I've had any experiences to speak of that I've actually seen an apparition or anything like that but I've had a couple weird instances where I couldn't really I mean it could be explained but it's also kind of a little bit out there really sure Yeah. yeah so the first thing that I can really think of is when I was a kid and I think I was telling you about this last week when I was like laying in my bed and I was like half awake and half asleep I was staring at my wall, and I was, like, in this trance-like state, and I just kept talking to this voice that kept talking to me just out of nowhere. And the way my little kid brain, like, kind of um, rationalized, rationalized it. Yeah. it was that, you know, it was either, like, like, I thought it was, like, an alien that was coming to talk to me or, like, a shadow person. Um, cause I wasn't really sure cause I couldn't see the person or anything, but the only thing I can remember is possibly seeing shadows. But then again, I don't know if that was just my brain kind of like trying to rationalize where this voice was coming from. Right. Um, I don't, I don't really remember what we were talking about, but I remember talking to it for quite some time, like just kind of like in this trance-like state. And it was the weirdest thing. It was like, it's almost like I was hypnotized and like my hypnotist was talking to me. Right. You know? Kind of like where you're, you're, you're consciously awake, but you're not necessarily fully present yeah. in this situation. So it's weird that you, and this literally, I, I hadn't even thought about this in, in years and years and years, but it's really weird that you said shadow people because, um, growing up, no, I'm I there as far as I know there is no history or lore or anything and in about my parents' house specifically that would ever give any reason to think that it would be haunted for any reason. But the shadow people thing. My mom has seen a shadow person in our house when we were younger. So my dad is an overnight trucker. And it I can't believe this like blew my mind because it's it, it's so weird. But um, he would, you know, do overnight routes and be gone a couple of days. And this is, of course, is when, uh, I mean, he still does it now, but this experience is happening, um, happened when we were pretty young and he was gone overnight and something, I guess, I don't know if it was like intuition or whatever, but my mom sort of woke up out of her sleep and standing in the doorway to their room was like this, like tall shadowy figure, um, and as a kid, I never saw I'm not it. Be able to sleep tonight. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like looking at my bedroom door. Right, like, where you where you expect to like, or, or like when you turn on the bathroom light and you expect to see somebody behind you. One of those instances. Yeah. But I literally just got a chill. <laughs> she she did. She described it as like this very tall, just black shadow figure. And at first, she thought it was my dad. And when she called out to it, like it nothing, like it didn't move. 
like, and that's when she realized, like, holy shit, this is not, this is not my husband. And, and then she started to freak out because she thought it was an intruder. So when she goes to get up, it's gone. Like, and. Creepy. I really, seriously creepy. And I guess it's one of those things that as a child, when you get told a story like this, like, you're just like, okay, well, that's weird. I don't want to think about that. But <laughs> since we're talking about having these sorts of experiences, um. I definitely feel like shadow people are very common. Like, that's, like, a common way that, like, unexplained entities will sort of present themselves. And, it, yeah. you know, I, and I don't know if it if she felt it was malevolent or not. That was really never expressed. I mean, my mom is a super religious person, so I think that... So has mind, she seen it since, do you know? Uh, I don't believe so. She's never really talked about it, aside from the one time. Um, but... I think in her mind, she kind of saw it as, like, maybe an angel or something, which, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, she's going to rationalize that in a completely different way than I would. Right. I would say some sort of ghost apparition or entity, um, you know, not, maybe not necessarily demonic by any means, but yeah. I just think that that is, you know, so weird that she, like would see something like my mom of all people if anyone who knows my mom like knows that she is very firm in her faith and and you know seeing something like that I think would definitely be very like very scary yeah um and then I had my own personal sort of experience with ghosts as we'll say now granted I didn't see it but it was a phenomenon that had happened um I was probably a teenager I don't know I honestly don't even remember how old I was I just remember it happening um, one of my childhood best friends, we all had like a group of us that would hang out together and we were hanging out at her home, which we had a ton of information on about it being haunted that allegedly, you know, um, an entity got let in through the use of a Ouija board and, um, there, I think even somebody died in their attic, like, cause they had one of those old style, um, like farm homes where like, there was like, it was an attic per se, but there was like a room up there. And my friends and I were all sitting around, you know, talking and hanging out when um, under this glass coffee table, they had this like little foot massager. You put your little feet in, you click it on and, you know, um, and it, it like turned on out of nowhere. So that obviously scared the shit out of us. We we're all just like, okay, we'll just turn it off. Like it's not a big deal. So when my friends grabs it to go turn it off and it is off, like the switch is off. And it is still running. So we unplug it and get the flying fuck out of there. Because at that point, we're terrified. Well, I ended up leaving my phone because I was so scared. Like, I just, like, we just dipped. And I realized it as we're walking across the field back over to her grandparents' house. I'm like, fuck, dude. I left my phone over there. Like, I have to go back in this house to get this phone. So a couple of my friends went with me just to kind of stand guard. I rush in. I grab my phone. And as I'm running back out... Like, we see the door to the... So, we see the door to the basement, like, swing open. And it was so absolutely terrifying. And I'm just, like, booking it. Like, nope, nope, we're gone. We're done. We're done here. Our scary experience has become too much. So, we leave. I go and take my friends home. And on our way back, as we're driving, you know, towards the house and, and pulling into her grandparents, we see that the blinds to this farmhouse are open and we had left them shut when we left. So it was just like, it was so unexplainable. And the only thing I could think of to call it is like, that is, that was an experience with like a ghost or entity of some sort, you know? Right. Um, 
and it's so it's so weird to think about as an adult that like wow like that could be considered like a, a you know a ghost sort of experience or maybe you know even a demon or and you know demonic entity of some sort because it definitely the vibe in that house always felt really weird anyways and mm. i just remember picking up on that as a kid like it's weird here so speaking of that <clears throat> i actually did have a couple other experiences that i thought about while you were talking um and one of them was that I think I told you about this one, too, where we were... It was me and my cousin. We always stayed at my aunt's house whenever she was in town. And so we had always... I would always felt like that house was haunted. Like, and plus we were kind of into all that stuff when we were, you know, teenagers or right. whatever, preteens. So we were just always kind of testing the limits. But one night, we had stayed up all night and um, we went up... She went up... We went upstairs for something. And this was like... It was pretty early in the morning. It was probably like 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning because um, it was starting to get light outside. I remember that. But we go upstairs. It's all dark in there, you know. So my aunt has this hallway, and at the end of the hallway was this big mirror. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, my cousin, like, goes to the bathroom, which is down the hallway. Uh, it's not a very long hallway, so it's not, like, that scary or anything. But that mirror always freaked me out because, like... It's just always pointed at you, like, as you're right, walking Right, like, you always hallway. feel like you're going to look up and somebody's going to be behind you. Yeah, so that's exactly what happened. And this is, like, more so of, like, a doppelganger type situation, which I've never had another experience with that I can think of. So I was waiting for my cousin, like, at the beginning of the hallway, and I, like, you know, this mirror always freaked me out, but, you know, I... It's unavoidable. I always have to look at it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, even though you're scared to, like, you have to you look have at to it. Look. Yeah. And so I look in the freaking mirror, dude, and behind me, I can see my cousin, like, who is in the bathroom in front of me. And I can see my cousin, like, peek her head around. Fuck no. The side of, like, because behind me was the kitchen, and there was, like, a corner that would go into the kitchen. Right. So she was poking her head around the corner. Like, looking at me in the mirror and smiling. And I, like, oh, my God, I was so scared. So I, like, ran up to the bathroom. And I was, like, Megan, I'm, like, Tori, oh, my God, let me in, please, please. And she doesn't like people in the bathroom with her. She was really strange about it. So, like, she was, I was, like, I'll face the wall. Like, just let me in. in. I was so scared because, like, my aunt and uncle were still asleep. So it's not like anyone else was up. I was literally out there by myself. So I was just, like, freaking out. Um, so yeah, that was, that was definitely an experience that I will never forget and just scared the absolute shit out of me. That would be so terrifying. Yeah. And she, for years after that, she saw that mirror up and I would never look at it. Right. At that point, it like, it, it traumatizes you. Yeah. It really does. And, and I feel like, you know, now, now as an adult and as somebody who like, who does a lot of work with like divination and witchcraft and astral projection. Like I feel like if I, I want to say, I guess I should say, I want to say that I would be cool with seeing a ghost. Like if I was like, wow, like this is an apparition for real in front of me or like seeing like, you know, one of those light orbs like pass in front of me. I want to think that I would be like, okay with it. Because my, my immediate thought process is, okay, break out the spirit board. Like, let's see what it, what's here. But at the same time, I, I just feel like that's me trying to be confident and knowing that I would be so yeah. scared shitless. Oh, I definitely at first. would. Because I feel like at first, 
Like, okay, say this is, like, your very first time ever seeing an apparition, like, appear before you. I feel like my brain would have a hard time, like, trying to recognize what's happening. Right. Like, because, you know, it's not a human, but yet it's a person. Right. And And it's like, how can I, how can I rationalize this fear (laughs) and explain what is happening, like, to myself? I feel like that would be Yeah, it gives me chills (laughs) to think about. Um, and, and luckily, you know, I've never had those, I've never had that experience as an adult, despite the fact that I love to go to, um, like, what's where I'm looking for? I wanted, well, graveyard, I mean, I guess, but like, cemetery, cemetery, thank you, that's the word I'm looking for. I love to go to cemeteries and, um, just sort of walk around and read, you know, the different tombstones and see the different families. And I just like, I, it kind of just makes you ponder, like, how did these people die? How did they live? You know, what was their life like? And I just think that there's a beauty in going to cemeteries and, um, the, the sort of the decorative, you know, mausoleums and these beautiful, you know, architects and structures. Like, I think that there's a lot of beauty in going into a cemetery, but I definitely also recognize that that is, uh, you know, a potential to see, uh, you know, a ghost or an apparition of some sort. Um, so I, I, on one hand, I want to think that having that experience would be so incredibly cool and like, oh my God, I saw a real ghost. Like it was for real. But at the same time, I just think that I would be so scared in that immediate moment. I wouldn't even have time to rationalize it to sort of go, wow, like I, now, now what can I do? Can I communicate with this being? Can I, you know, uh, is there a message for me from this being? Like, cause I, See, feel, I like, feel like I would just be like frozen solid. Just absolutely <laughs> petrified. I honestly feel like that would be my immediate reaction. Just be like, oh my God, or would run, you know, trigger that flight or fight response where you're just like, I'm out. Yeet yourself into the oblivion. I'm gone. Um, <laughs> But, and I just think that the idea behind Ghost is really interesting, um, and I think that this what uh, ties into the astral projection sort of thing, because we kind of touched on this a little bit last week, and that death is the ultimate astral projection. Right. Mm-hmm. And that um, I think that ghosts are people's consciousness you know from you know past lives or relatives what what be it people have passed on their consciousness can now exist in a reality that is not anything like the one that we live in presently that we are currently existing in that when you are in the astral plane it is like a super highway for spirits it's it's connectivity and that when you see a ghost in like real life in this reality that you are seeing a type of astral projection mm-hmm. but because of the way it exists on the other side of the veil that we don't necessarily see it in the same way as we would if we were projecting and saw a spirit in the astral plane like you see right. what i mean mm-hmm. where whereas like people you're know, like you know it looks scary or weird or different or whatever or morphed that because that projection is crossing through the veil and is projecting itself in this reality, I definitely think that because of the energy created in this realm that it's not going to present itself or project itself in the way that we would see it otherwise if we were looking at it through our actual form. That's possible, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's just that's just my, you know, kind of unique thought on what is, you know, what is a ghost? What is a spirit? I mean, it's right. exactly that. I, I, think it's, I think it is exactly that. It is a spirit. So... Going along with that, I did my own little research this morning, and according to a study done in, like, 2009 by the Pew Research uh, Center, um, 
they had um, surveyed 2,000 people about ghosts um, and how many of them had had um, like basically thought they'd seen a ghost in their life and basically it came back that like 18% of them um, had thought they had seen a ghost but 29% of them felt like they had had some kind of contact with like someone who had passed on like that was close to them like mm-hmm. a loved one or something or felt like they had been able to communicate with them in some way so then I was looking up how many people are thought to be able to astral project and after reading a couple different articles and I can't really remember where I read this uh, I think it was like a culmination of multiple sources but basically that um, about 20%. 20%. So if you think about, like, the amount of people... And now, honestly, I've seen a couple other studies done as well, more recent, that say it's more, it's closer to, like, 60% of people think that they've seen ghosts. Really? Yeah. And I believe that. About 40%, I think, of those people have, have experienced their pet witnessing a ghost. But that reacting to so that's a very valid thing that I think is really interesting um, about animals being able to see the things that we can't. And I especially will make this argument on the behalf of cats because I know and work very closely and live very closely with cats and they are very magical motherfuckers. But I know that dogs can definitely see it too. When there is an energy shift in the room, you will absolutely be able to tell through the behavior of your animal. That is a fact. Like, they, they will tend to be more on edge. Mm. Um, you can see, the like, the hair rays on the back of their neck. Dude, I've seen video, like, this one video. It's probably just on YouTube. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was on a documentary of some kind. I don't know. But anyway, there's this video of this guy recording his dog. So you can see in the video, like, something kind of swoops past them into the room. Like, you can see, like, like one of those, a like shadow a light ball. or something like that. Yeah. Um, like kind of come into the room and then you can't really see anything else but you can see the dog like looking up like at the ceiling and like being so scared to the point where he's like cowering and then he like gets underneath the bed and his owner's like come on buddy it's okay and the dog will not come out for like a couple solid minutes until you see the thing like leave the room and then the dog crawls out like it's all good see that is an and That is kind of what freaks me out sometimes because my cats will just stare off into space. Like, they'll just start staring at the wall randomly. And I'm just like, like, of course, in the time I make the joke, like, what do you see, girls? Like, is it demons? But, like, (laughs) for real, they can sense things that we as human beings cannot. That expands upon our five basic senses. Right. And I, I definitely think that animals have a greater tie to like a, the spiritual realm in a, in, in a sense um, that they have I don't know I want to call it like a sixth sense but they have this ability I think to feel energy in a I way mean, that we don't it, like it makes sense though if you break it down from like where we come from and how we've evolved and things like that you know like it, it makes sense like I've said to you multiple times like, if there, there has to be a reason why we dream. There has to be a reason, like, some, other than, like, just to create personal metaphors for ourselves. Like, 
there has to be a reason. Like, we have to have some type of consciousness above and beyond ourselves. Like, right. our bodies, you know. Um, so, yeah, it just leaves open a lot of questions where, you know, animals come into it and, like, maybe animals actually do have souls and just because they're not, like, you know, kind At of our level of sort of consciousness. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... I think that they they are definitely conscious because I follow this TikTok account where she her dog like talks to her not like obviously physically speaks but they have like the soundboard set up on the floor and it is like this dog is like cognitive like it understands what is being said to it and knows how to respond and ask for specific things and has needs and wants now granted it's very basic sort of language um, you know one or two words kind of paired together to form a, a, a basically structured sentence. But this dog understands what is being said to it and how to communicate with its owners through pressing these specific buttons. Right. Um, so I definitely think that uh, animals have, like, a spirituality to them, you know, a soul or a spirit of some sort. And although that they can't communicate in a way that we do or that their complex thought may not be as complex as ours... Um, I mean, granted, there are animals that are definitely smarter than us, so who knows, but that allows these, you know, these animals and these beings to be able to see what we can't with our naked eye. Right. And, and taking that, that into consideration that dogs and cats and, and well, animals of all kinds, but we use those specifically because that's, you know, the more common type of pet that they see in a completely different color scheme than what we see. So what if, knowing that, they can see these entities because of that? That's a really good point. Because they see in those those kind of colors. Right. And it makes it easier for apparitions to sort of present themselves because of the way of, you know, that with their rods and cones that certain light gets filtered. It allows them to see what we can't with, you know, with our advanced quote unquote eyes. That's true. I just think it's really unique, um, you know, and I know that there's technically no scientific back- backing that explains ghosts. It's, you know, if you I mean, if you, we, we can use the tools that we have, you know, if you watch like Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters, they have tools that read electromagnetic, electromagnetic field. Um, and now, that, the thing that creeps me out the most about those shows is because it's less of what they catch on camera, because sometimes they catch things, sometimes, which is actually pretty insane. And they actually see, like, a full-figured body, right. you know, like, moving. But there's no one standing there when they're using, like, infrared or, like, Right, yeah, those, that scares me. Yeah, but the creepiest thing that I think is um, when they get, like, the voices coming through. Like, yes. when they're asking questions. When they do, like, the spirit boxes. Yeah. And they're, and they're it's, like, it's essentially and filtering like, through. And like, manipulate yeah. it to, like, speak words. And, oh, my God, there has been so many more of those that I have seen than like any type of like apparition appearing you know but that's always the creepiest because like they can say anything like one i was watching earlier today um it was just this ghost adventure it wasn't that but it was some type of ghost hunting show and um they had actually captured a spirit like with the heat signature camera Mm -hmm. like in the kitchen like moving around as if it was like doing dishes um, so weird. And like, and it was like, you could tell it was a person. Like you could see the two legs and just like the, the way it was figure, moving, yeah. you know? Um, and then they also caught, so this was in a pizzeria. I can't remember where it was, but, um, they, 
were trying to speak to the spirit and they got a manipulation back that said something uh, i think it said it was like ricardo's pizza or i don't know something like that but the entity like said it out loud and like i don't know it's just crazy because there's times like that and then there's other ones that are like get out you know right. and, and then like, at that point ah! and at that point you wonder like why and that always brings up the question as to why what is here that we can't see that we don't understand like obviously it's there to hurt us or at least scare us what is it and that's what i think is the most interesting is trying again, to dig into the what if think about this though if you were like if you were like projecting or you had moved on in your from your you know physical life tour to the astral world the spirit world I mean, if we're able to keep any type of sense of humor, don't you think that some of them would use that to their advantage to free people? Yeah, out. yeah, you do have a valid point because I know that you know if if what I perceive of the afterlife is anything you know like what I hope it is, I absolutely would love to come back and just fuck with people, have a good sense of humor, you know, protect the people that I love and care about, but fuck with some people, you know, yeah. that, and have a good sense of humor. It was like when we were um, reading, or we were doing the um, the Ouija board together, and we got to talk to the Cuban man, Yeah. and he, we were like, do you have a sense of humor? And he said, yes, and I <laughs> yeah. just love that. Um, and, and I think that that also kind of ties into as well, because people don't realize it, um, because I think society has created the Ouija board and kind of painted this narrative that describes it as like ultimately demonic and scary and terrifying. But whenever you utilize it in the way that it's meant to be done, it can be used to communicate with those who have passed on. When my mom was in town, I told her about us using the Ouija board and she was not happy. Not happy. (laughs) Well, and my mom would definitely not be happy. She would be furious that I used a spirit board. But I think that there, it's, I think when you understand the rules and when you understand how to protect yourself. Right. That it is, it is no more dangerous than using tarot cards. Now, that may be because I am super duper comfortable and understanding with... I feel like you also have to be kind of... I don't want to say empath, but like sensitive to... Right, to be open-minded and open to... And also to recognize when shit is not going the right way, like when it's going wrong. Use your intuition. So, you know, people who are very tied to their intuition and have an understanding and and kind of can read the room, essentially, you know, you can feel when the energy is off. And we've had that experience before where we were like, okay, this is wrong. And we had to shut it down quick. Like, we were only doing it for like a couple minutes and... Like we, I remember that fear, that oh, panic you're feeling, both freaking out. Yeah, and I think that that's what makes it um, so dangerous to some people is because they won't read the room and they won't feel that energy in the same way. Right. You almost have to be perceptive to that and open to that. Otherwise, it can be more dangerous. Um, but I definitely feel like that is there is some um, validity into using that as a tool to communicate with spirits. Or other entities that live beyond the veil of our world. Um, now, granted, it may not be as easy as using, like, you know, the spirit boxes and, a, you know, electromagnetic reading, you know, 
utensils and infrared. Like, I, you know, obviously those are our, our modern world and what we can use now and what technology has created for us. But at the same time, I mean, I, I don't think it gets any more classic than going into a place that's haunted and sitting down with a few candles and trying to utilize your spirit board after you've protected yourself and seeing what sort of entities and things can be there because we've had lengthy conversations with multiple different spirits. Yeah. And I think that that all it all kind of ties together. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um Yeah, I mean my grandma told me this was one time when she No, this was only one time I think that she's ever told me that she's actually seen a ghost but it was in her house and like so she was just like I think she had just like woken up from a nap or something in her chair and she looked over in the hallway and this woman was there like with this big dress on like almost like she was from like the early 1900s right like big beautiful Victorian gown yeah or like 1800s yeah something like that and um she said that she just like she didn't feel threatened she just like stood there and looked at her and then like before she knew it she had disappeared but she said it wasn't threatening at all it was just I was like I just don't see how that wouldn't feel I don't care if it's uh, I don't I don't care if it's like an apparition of a cat that I don't own. Like, if it's something that doesn't belong here, I'm fucking freaking out. Right. You know, like, I don't... Well, I think that there is fear in the unexplained. Mm -hmm. So, I was uh, doing some, like, reading on, like, UFOs and, and sightings and aliens. And although most of it is debunked as, like, satellites or uh, drones, whatever... I don't believe that because but, you can't fucking see that shit. Right. Well, and here, here's the thing is that allegedly, now this is based upon what, you know, government agencies clarify. Essentially, what the point is, is that 5% of these sightings are completely unexplained. They have no idea what it was. They can't rationalize it. They, you know, and I think that that in itself can be really scary as a human being who we live in this world in which we try to rationalize our reality is what we have built and you know it is how we can explain the world around us and the idea that there are things that exist within this realm that are not able to be explained i think that is very scary yeah um speaking of ufos i've got a couple of those stories do you really have you still have do you think that you've seen like a a ufo before i think i have seen multiple there's been multiple instances where it could have been explained as UFO or possibly something else, but just something strange that happened. Um, so one of them is I was just standing in my front yard in Colorado one day and I look up and Colorado is actually known. I say is known for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, I lived in the Springs that was like kind of the Valley underneath the mountains. And usually a lot of the UFO stuff happened in the, in the Southern, part of the mountain range there and that's I forget what the government agency is that's on top of the mountain it's like totally secluded like it's I don't know if it's like I feel like it's NATO or something I don't know what it is but anyway there's like a top secret government agency up there and they um supposedly that's where a lot of the UFO sightings happen but right and then it gets like recorded and whatnot they're kind of like looking out for stuff like that right so I was just standing in my front yard this one day, and it was, like, bright out, you know? It was just, like, probably in the afternoon, early afternoon, and I just happened to look up, and there was this 
black dot. Now granted, now that I'm thinking about it today and I've thought about this multiple times, never thought that it could be a balloon. Um, because it was so far away that there's no way that I would have been able to see that balloon. Right. Like, I could tell that it was, like, a large object that was very far away. Like, but it was a little black dot. And I just kept watching it in the sky, and it had this weird, um, trajectory. Like, it, it kind of, it was, like, moving straight at one point, and then it, and then it, like, kind of went diagonal down. It was just, it had a really strange path. Um, that it was taking, and so I was like, dude, what if this is UFO? I actually had the video on my phone, which you can actually see the dot, and I was surprised, because, like, you can't ever, you know, you never, I feel like, yeah, stuff like that, so, so that was the one time, and I just, I watched it until it passed over my house, and then I couldn't see it anymore, but, so that was one time, um, that was pretty wild, um, because it was, like, perfectly circular and black, like, in the sky, like, just perfectly, and you, I mean, that was, we were right next to the airport, so you could see planes going over all right. the fucking time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, we knew it wasn't, or I knew it wasn't that, so yeah, it was crazy. So, then, another time in Colorado Springs, this is when I worked um, on the night shift um, at the diner, and I was heading to work one night, and it was already dark out, like, pitch black, and um, I looked down in the southern sky, and I saw these lights that were like kind of hovering back and forth and crossing paths with each other what yeah I swear to god it was like I want to say it was like three lights and they were just kind of all like moving back and forth quickly it wasn't like I don't know it was the weirdest thing it's like I, when it's a plane you can tell because it's one it, like you'll see the lights on it but it, it's one straight line it's yeah. got one course and yeah, these no, were, this sounds was like they're dancing yeah yeah that's exactly what it looked like like it looked like three lights that were kind of dancing around in the sky and you could tell that they weren't that far up because it wasn't like high up in the sky like it was like you know eye level as I'm looking south like it was like probably probably just over tree level or something like right. that you know like it was relatively close so that was really strange and still to this day I have no idea now there's a lot of army bases and stuff in Colorado Springs or military bases I should say and um so it's hard telling um maybe they were playing with drones or something I don't know but I mean this was back in like 2014 or so so I mean I don't know Anyway, and then the last one was, and I don't know if this was a UFO, I don't know if this was a meteor um, coming down, but one night I was sitting out in my mom's backyard and I was looking toward the western sky mm-hmm. and it was pitch black. It was probably like, probably like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and I saw this like, I saw something flying in the sky and then all of a sudden like you could just see it burst into flame. Swear to God, it was the craziest thing. And then, like, it was just kind of, like, keep passing over. And the flame was, like, getting, you know, lighter and lighter. So, I don't know. Maybe that was, like, a meteor or something. But I ended up calling the cops and the local news to see if anyone had reported seeing it. And nobody else had reported it. Whoa. Oh, that just gave me chills. See, I definitely feel like... Aliens exist, absolutely, and and my reasoning behind that is there's I, no reason to think that they, they don't, and you know? and that's well, think of it like this: so much of space is unexplored, just like our oceans, mm-hmm. and we have this fascination with 
seeing if there are other life forms out there. I just don't think that they present themselves in the same way that what we would imagine. I mean, granted, like, I don't think that they're all, you know, tall, gray, lanky, big eyes or tiny little green Martians either. Now, granted, there have been a lot of sightings of both, but we also have to think that they transcend our perception of, you know, a physical body and that... You know what's funny about you saying that is when I was a little kid, I was... Well, I'm still, obviously, I'm still into outer space and stuff, but I was obsessed with outer space when I was a little kid. Like, and I had this book of planets and everything, and I just, I loved everything about, like, the stars and learning about everything. And um, from, a, from a young, young age, I had that theory that perhaps there were types of aliens out there that lived in such a different environment I guess it's hard to it's hard to explain it but like basically like they existed in another realm that we couldn't um like we could never imagine what it could be right like where we have our five senses they would have other things right but that we have no idea what that could be and present themselves with outside of the realm of our five senses yeah right. absolutely right yeah well and what i think really proves in my mind that aliens exist is that and i looked this up that between 1910 and 2020 there have been over eighty thousand sightings of aliens of seeing uh, either a being on this earth or lights in the sky, eight eighty thousand, and that's just what's been reported. Like, wow, how many more unexplained things have been seen by people where they just sort of you know try to rationalize it out or you know just brush it off? That in my mind, all this you know, eighty thousand people can't all be crazy. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess yeah. they could. But and when I think about it, like there, I'm sure there are sound people, you know, out there that have seen or had an experience like this that is completely unexplained. Yeah. And even and in just in 2020 alone, from the start of the year until now, there have been over 4,600 sightings of UFOs. Wow. And I think, but doesn't that blow your mind? Like yeah. how many that is? That's yeah. a lot. And you know, with several hundred being you know in the first of the month alone yeah like or the first of the year like in January I just think that that really is sort of a mind-blowing sort of statistic that so many people have seen these experiences and I mean there's there's so many popular ones you know the phoenix lights being the ones that I think of the most where a lot of people have seen like these the chevron shape of you know Mm -hmm. lights that move across the sky in a pattern and then suddenly disappear like there's no way to explain that. The government can't explain or, you know, rationalize it out. So what else could it possibly be, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, there's um, one guy on, I can't remember what show. It was, I don't know if it was Ancient Aliens or UFO Files, you know, or something like that. But um, there was one episode where this guy had an experience where... He got, oh, so he walks up to the this UFO that he sees. And I think his buddy might have been with him or whatever. Maybe they touch this, this craft. And um, it immediately sends um, binary code to his brain. Whoa! And he, like, wrote it all down, like, in the following days or whatever. And so they finally decoded it. And it said something along the lines of... Um, 
something about the human race and um, uh, interplanetary exploration, something like that. And it's just like, what? Right. Like, is that real? Did yeah, he make well, that shit up? And this Does is why nobody code. He's just fucking with people, right? You know, like, <laughs> well, this is why I absolutely would you know would agree. Yes, absolutely, aliens exist because um, again, kind of going back to TikTok here, I follow a person who is a star seed, and they translate um light language and it like it's this it's this like code of like sounds and like reverberations that are a language all on their own and Mm -hmm. they can create a you know like a sensation like they can translate you know they translate these these languages from other dimensions to help create like peace if you have anxiety it helps calm your anxiety to help make you sleep you know it's like it's like healing it's Mm -hmm. like a healing language and uh, I, you know, as being an extraterrestrial being, um, and, and probably being, you know, far smarter and more advanced than we are in, in what I feel is most likely a lot of the cases, what other way would you communicate with somebody other than trans, you know, okay, you know, I have, we have binary code, you know, a basic sort of language with ones and zeros being able to utilize that language to speak to people outside of a dimension in which you are existing I definitely feel that'd be very possible. Because you know what also is true around the entire world is what is the same in every language? Numbers. Mm-hmm. And so you can literally translate binary to anything. I mean, so so I would guess, like, you can translate it into any language, I would assume, because if numbers are the same in every language, then that means that binary would be the same in right. every language. It would just be translated you know into their I mean? language, specifically. I wonder if that's true. I mean, I think that'd be a great thing to kind of, you know, research and kind of keep looking, looking up on, um, cause I know in our astral projection episode, we talked about, um, the correlation between astral projection and, uh, alien abduction and right. kind of bringing that all together is, you know, what's the likelihood of when you are being abducted that you are actually having like an, an out of body experience and you you are your physical form is not necessarily being abducted but your astral body right because you are transcending dimensions because a lot of people report like floating through the ceiling you know what i mean and they wouldn't be able to do that if their physical body was abducted right because we do have laws of you know physics here in this reality right but your astral body can work outside of those right those laws and um, what I, I think is really interesting, and like I grabbed some some notes on that, is um, like there I looked at the list of cryptids for every state because um, I was just curious, you know, to see if there was any correlation between states that have a high number of UFO sightings and the type of cryptids that they have there. So, for anyone listening that doesn't know what a cryptid is, it's basically like any any type of I guess, mythological creature that anyone could possibly think, you know... It's like a beast being or entity that is unexplained and right. is outside of what we have discovered um, and, you know, can categorize. So Bigfoot is a good example of a cryptid. The Loch Ness, yeah, Loch Ness Monster. And... Um, kinetic putting them all into one category, right. basically. And um, what I found that was I thought was interesting, so Connecticut, Hawaii, and New Hampshire were among that list of places that have a high number of ufo sightings and then the cryptids that they have there 
definitely are described as very alien-like. So in really? Connecticut, they have the melon heads, these, these kind of short-like people with these large, round, sort of bulbous-shaped heads. Um, in Hawaii, and I'm not going to butcher this because I don't obviously don't speak Polynesian, so I'm not going to try and butcher a language I don't have any understanding of, but they're a Polynesian, uh, uh, they're described as a Polynesian alien. Um, and that they're, you know, um, you have, have you seen Moana? Because uh, no. I feel like there's a good example. Um, these little, there's these little kind of goblin-looking creatures, and they like, they're they're like little coconuts, I think. And um, that kind of not quite a hundred percent is the way that these entities are described, but they're very similar in the kind of like they're they're small, um, they're just really weirdly shaped and decorated. Um, and then in New Hampshire, they have um, the wood devils, like these these beings that live in the woods. Uh, and it's like they're like all of these are described so weirdly and differently. And they're like they're definitely not described as human in any sort of nature. And then still kind of looking and going on that list. One in California, actually, I watched this video. I will bring this up or show this to you after this podcast is done because it freaked me out. Um, so in California, they have these these things called the uh, dark watchers that's kind of their well-known cryptid and it's like these tall tall massive like real lanky creatures that just like they they're like just black all over and and they have these like very like hollow creepy looking eyes and and imagine you know walking through the desert in you know in parts of uh like southern california and um seeing these tall creepy you know slenderman like creatures mm -hmm. that are just watching you like that I, that kind of then transcended into um the fresno nightcrawler and this is the one that got me this is recorded video somebody in fresno i think this was in uh 2004 i believe um they got a video of this white being and it kind of the best way I can describe it is it looks like a walking pair of pants. It's kind of, you know, but like for real, and I'll, like, I'll show you this video. It freaked me the fuck out. So it like you see this white sort of being, it kind of like has like a rounded sort of blob shape at the top. And then it really does it like two pant legs just like walking across. And, and like you can see it kind of has like some sort of like eye shape. Um, but this is... And when you watch this video, and if and the, to the listeners out there, I ask you to go to YouTube and look this up because this is a real thing that you see this entity, this being, and you can definitely tell that it is not from Earth. It is not a animal or a human of any type. It doesn't look like anything that would resemble any sort of animal I have ever seen, even in the farthest reaches of the internet, you know, in, in uh, me looking at three o'clock in the morning, just sort of like going through and, and getting lost in the bowels of the internet. Like it doesn't look like anything that I have ever seen in my life. And it is completely unexplained, but it's, it's like when you see these videos um, you know, be it of UFO sightings or something like this of, of the Fresno Nightcrawler. It, how, I guess the whole point is how can you say that aliens are not real when we see these videos, these beings, and they're completely unexplainable in, in our world. And, and there's, and there's even more on this list, you know, the, um, 
the the Dover demon from Massachusetts. It's like a, a creepy sort of gray looking beast with, uh, you know, claws and, and um, like creepy eyes, you know, alien. How would, how do we describe an alien? You know, now we think of it as like a tall gray sort of creepy looking entity, you know, it transcends a human. Yeah. Big creepy almond eyes. And it sort of transcends, uh, you know, a, a, a basic human form, um, into something completely different. You know, you can tell that it's not a person. But Um, then there's also like plenty of sightings too of like the men in black. Have you ever heard of that? Like this is, so basically it's thought that there is a men in black organization, but basically it, they keep people quiet about like if they if somebody for real has like a serious alien sighting, a lot of them have been visited by men in black like after the fact, and it's just like usually a group of two guys dressed in um twin suits basically um and they usually don't have like from their descriptions they usually don't have hair like they don't have like the normal like eyebrows and eyelashes and stuff that we have they've got like a little bit bigger of eyes. And, um, yeah, like, it's just, see, okay, and then, and my, maybe it's just my brain just, like, running wild, how, let me start with this, we as people think that a lot of people believe that we are the only Not only that, living being, there are videos with them caught on camera, right, but people, you know, I think that, uh, tying into the, the human ego, we think that we're the only things existing in this realm of reality we're the only living beings in the universe right what if we are just a part a small small tiny part of something bigger and there is sort of just like this galactic order and 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 the highest and most enlightened of extraterrestrial beings have this organization essentially that is meant to keep people quiet here on earth for a particular reason you have to think that i don't i don't think uh, you know if you if you're looking at it humans are smart yes uh, in a sense but like i feel like there are entities out there that are eons beyond in knowledge and technological advancements and it's just like okay like they look at us like oh the humans oh so, okay i yeah yes and i also have more to add on to that i have a theory that um we are an experimental alien race i feel like kind of like in the like when you're watching the movie men in black at the very end and and they take you know they said the galaxy is on orion's belt and they take the little charm off and it's like a marble essentially to this giant galactic being yeah. and he's like playing marbles with our galaxy yeah so kind of like that but in a more realistic sense of that i really th- I think that's why we have so many, um, so many, uh, alien, like, encounters and stuff, because I feel like they're constantly checking up on us to see how the experiment is going, and if you think about it, like, you know, we were saying in one of the episodes that, you know, we just got fucking lucky, you know, with the way things turned out on Earth, but maybe we didn't, maybe they made it like this for us to be the supreme race, you know what I mean? Like, the supreme, like, alien race where, like, we, they gave us, like, the best, the best of all outcomes. You know, like, they gave us, 
everything to succeed. Like, they gave us all the tools, and, and they created this, like, earth. To move forward. Right. Yeah. And not necessarily that they created the earth, but maybe they kind of intercepted a little bit and added, you know, different elements that we wouldn't have had without them. Like, earth was here, but they just sort of, they, you know, they took the uh, amoeba from their planet, brought it here. How is this going to evolve? What can, what can come of this? It's, like, essentially, like... A big science fair project, and yeah. we are the specimens. I could, I could absolutely get behind that because I it's just think just a theory, but I just think that there's so much unexplained out there, and that there's that would also go along with a lot of the ancient alien theories. Of, right, you know, like, right. One, here. and that you think ancient organ, you know, ancient civilizations, um, had, like the way that they describe their their deities, um. I feel like a lot of them were described as very alien-like. Yeah, because they always always come out of, like, a chariot out of the sky. You know what I mean? And, I don't know, there's there's a lot of similarities. In the way that that's described and kind of what we see as aliens today. Right. And I just think, I just think that that is so interesting. You know, when you look through and you kind of see how these are described, like... And there's even more on this list, you know, um, the um, Kentucky Hopskin, Hopkinsville Goblins, um, the Mississippi Ripper, River Aliens, um, the Ohio Frogmen, like, they're all described completely differently. And I, I just think that aliens already live among us, you know, that, I, that it ties into the experiment sort of thing where it's just like, they can exist outside of our five senses that is how they move among us and that is how they exist on this planet and it was essentially one big science experiment as to what what can we create on earth essentially what you know if we put these tools here what kind of life can come from that well especially if they were already like a really advanced race then say that they're so advanced that they've ultimately um, lost their, like, compassion and empathy to where they just run off of science and knowledge, you Mm -hmm. know? And perhaps, I'm just throwing this out there, kind of just pulling it out of nowhere, but, um, and then they created humans so that they could reintegrate their own DNA into a more compassionate society and where we can develop higher ways of thinking because of that. Right. You know? To incorporate, to reincorporate sort of the human experience, compassion and kindness into, um, you know, a, an alien like species. But I think what is interesting when you, when you bring that up is that if you've watched society, you know, you, you know, understanding history and you look at society as a whole, um, that we have become less compassionate. So what if it's like, we're just becoming just like them? Right. You know what I mean? So like, like, well, if you think, I mean, in all of the depictions of people in the future, other than the movie Idiocracy, which is a totally different story, but I think that's more so where we are right now. But, um, but if you think about like all the depictions of uh, people from the future, they are more science-based. Um, they're less faith-based, less, less religion-based. Um, you know what I mean? Like Because right. I feel like eventually we kind of evolve out of that. that yeah. You know, uh, evolve reason. out of having, you know, uh, that sort of religious based faith and reasoning into advanced 
scientific reasoning, you know, when, and think about, and then that makes total sense when you're, if you were an advanced scientific based civilization, what need do you have for religion based? If you think about it on the flip side of how everyone is saying how, you know, starting with millennials up through like Gen Z and all the new generations and stuff, um, that everyone is becoming more and more caring over everything. Like everyone cries about everything, you know, they say. Everyone is offended by everything, mm-hmm. and um, so that kind of... It's like the, t- you know, both sides of the coin there. Yep, yep, definitely. But, I mean, that would also play along with the, you know, alien race trying to become more compassionate. I don't know, that's a silly theory, I think, but, you know. Throw it out, I mean, it's worth kind of throwing out there because, I mean, that's what we're here for, you know, to be yeah. able to kind of bounce theories off of each other and... And take this sort of research that we do and, and just sort of put out there what we found and be able to kind of get people thinking in their own way of, you know, the what ifs. Because I think that that is, that's important in a sense, not to necessarily get so far ahead of yourself where it's almost becomes like anxiety based where you're like, you know, you're the crackheads, not literally, but you're, you are the, the crazy person sitting in your, you know, in your room for weeks on end, you know, with the pin board like and the lines. Of yes. <laughs> yeah. Like where it becomes like that, but just to kind of get people thinking, you know, what if, yeah, and kind of doing their own research and formulating their own theories based off of what evidence we can find in our own theories, you know, uh, that we have kind of created. Absolutely. So, if any of you have any interesting theories or uh, ghost stories or UFO stories, we would love to hear them. Um, please visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash impacticaltheorists, and um, you can send us a message or write on our p- page, whatever you want to do. Um, let us know um, either you know what you thought of the show or give us some input, something that we can... Um, Maybe feature on on a future episode. Right. Yeah, and I think that'd be interesting to see, you know, uh, what kind of ghost stories and alien experiences that our viewers also have. I think you know, just kind of listeners. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. um, that it, you know, kind of uh, getting people thinking and kind of you know explaining their their take on it as well. I think that that's really cool, being able to sort of bounce all that off of each other. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys, that is the end of the episode for today. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next week. Thanks.